0: welcome to the wolverine digest podcast the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of michigan athletics if you want open dialogue honest opinions and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue this is the podcast for you and now here's your host brandon brown joined as always by chris Bryant i'm just gonna start by saying go blue game day eve again game day eve again brandon brown back with chris breiler we got a a great show here some some questions we're gonna tackle some topics that need to be tackled uh preview of the washington game some picks for ourselves and just uh you know just a a general solid approach to a friday night ahead of this I still think I'm still going to call it a big game. I'm still going to call it ahead game, of a big yeah. game against Washington. Obviously, we talked about this on Wednesday with Mike Martin, the Husky expert, that yeah, the game has lost a little bit of shine. I mean a little bit. You know, you would have liked, you know, Washington to to beat up on Montana first week as opposed yeah. to freaking lose to them. But it is what it is. I still think it's a big game. It's a night game. The maze out, all that we'll get into. We'll get into all that stuff. But first, I'm gonna let Chris take the floor because Chris put an article up that now was like, what, like what, what happened here? This Chris Weber Michigan board Manual thing is bizarre. I mean, to say the least, at this point. And it looked like you know on Wednesday we were all excited. We're talking about the Fab Five and man, what kind of stuff would they have done in the NAL and how dope were they and Chris Webber's coming back. It's going to be a reunion. It's going to be amazing. And uh, pump the brakes. man. Yeah. What's going on, (laughs) dude? What the hell happened here?
1: I don't know, man. That was a, that was a weird sequence of events. And I, I even put it in the article. Um, If you listen to what Chris Webber had to say, he was pretty specific, you know, like he remembered specific things from the conversation. And, And one of the, one of the quotes that stuck out to me was that, you know, Ward wanted to apologize. And this is Chris saying this Ward wanted to apologize to the 18 year old Chris Weber for not, you know, for not protecting him enough and not doing enough to sort of, you know, look out for him and for Ward to come out and basically like squash that 24 hours later, that that's, I I put it in the article. It's just awkward. Like he didn't even, uh, he uh, Ward said something to the effect of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Chris and I wish him the best, but he was like clear. Like I did not issue an apology. I did not ask Chris for an apology, but like, I don't know. I, I think if, if, if Chris wasn't entirely accurate on what he said, I could understand why Ward might want to correct it for the record. But Ward's response, like just left, like there, there were so many questions. It was like, Okay. So nothing happened. I don't, I don't understand how, you know, how this conversation, how two people can look at the same conversation so differently.
0: Yeah. It's, or, or it's, it's, it's weird because you could, you're, I'm finding myself asking a bunch of questions on both sides of this, both sides of this. Like, did Chris Weber just make this up? Like, is it, is it, did he just fabricate a story? But wouldn't he know it would be, I mean, he was talking to the media. I, that's Obviously what I'm saying. it would published. Right? That's what I'm saying. Did he just make this up? Like you said, the quotes were specific. It wasn't like he just said in passing, like, yeah, Ward apologize, man. We had a good talk. It was great. Yeah. Everything's fine. He had like specific lines in there. Like it's you different. said, the 18 year old Chris Weber, or I should have done more to protect you. Like th- those are very specific details that a, If Chris Webber's making it up, that's just weird as hell. Like, why? Why Why are you saying that, knowing, like you said, that it's public and on the record and someone's, in this case, Ward Manuel's going to say, dude, I didn't say that. Why did you say that? Or B, um, if he did say that, then why is Ward denying it? It's like, those are good things to say, seemingly. Like I said, I, you know. There I mean, is somebody. Of... Somebody's
1: lying. Somebody, I think exactly when it comes down to exactly, somebody's lying.
0: There is a faction of people that aren't fond of Chris Weber, and maybe yeah. maybe Ward felt some squeeze on. Them. I don't know. It's just really strange. It's well, it's not like the biggest deal in the world, but like it looked like things were trending in a good direction, and everybody was going to be kind of happy. Kumbaya, maybe Chris Weber's back. The Fab Five, cool. And now it's like it seems further away because it's just strange. And how are you going to bring them back when there's kind of this weirdness around what apparently, you know, happened or didn't happen? I don't know. Very, very bizarre. I
1: feel feel like Ward's response or Ward's statement, I think it was to the Detroit News, uh, um, he had issued the statement, but it just left so much, like so many questions than than it answered, you know, especially given what Weber said. And I mentioned this in the article that I think given – all that's transpired between the university of Michigan and Chris Weber, that if the Michigan athletic director ward Manuel were to issue an apology and a conversation like that were to take place to me, that's something that's so monumental that you don't misremember what was said. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like that's a moment between Chris Weber and the Michigan AD saying, Hey, I'm sorry, this was a mistake. We got to make it right. And if that didn't take place, I just I don't know how you confuse it for that, and, and so Chris Weber needs to answer some questions. I don't know when the next time he's going to be in front of the media is. I think he's actually at that Hall of Fame induction tonight, if I believe or if, if I remember correctly. Um, but he's got to answer some questions, and Ward's got to answer some questions too. That was just a weird interaction over the last or the, that twenty-four hour span. An-
0: another thing that makes me just a little confused or kind of weird about it—not not confused, but like makes me think like there's more going on here—is that what chris weber said on behalf of ward manuel was really nice like yeah. very complimentary um you know an apology being nice being polite being um trying to repair something like all positive all positive things so for ward to come out and denounce that it tells me it's one of two things either ward is in that camp of people who doesn't really like chris weber or he's being influenced by somebody who is in that camp because if if you if like you agree with what he's saying, or you generally feel the way Chris Weber said said it happened, if he's making it up, then you just you just let it be. I mean, it wasn't yeah. bad stuff. It's not like you know he's out there lying on you or saying something really negative or painting right. you with you know with a with an ugly brush. It's like that's a good thing. That's a good thing from Weber. It's a good thing from Ward. Good thing from Michigan. Cool. Let it be. I didn't really yeah. say it, but fine, whatever. Nobody's gonna know. No one cares. It's good. It's good. We're cool. So for the fact that he has to come out and deny it means he either doesn't dig it, doesn't dig Weber, right. or he's being told by someone above him with a fatter wallet to say, like, dude, no, you can't go out and say that to him because that's not what we think or want. Or even weird. more
1: even more improbable, Chris Weber just got in front of the media and completely <laughs> just, died. Which was makes, made it up. makes that, zero sense.
0: That part, zero. I mean, maybe he did that, but that part seems the least likely right. to me. I, you, you know, mean, maybe like, he remembered it differently than it happened or it wasn't as direct as he said, but again, for him to have like, he should write, like he should write like dramas, you know, like he should be involved <laughs> with like TV show <laughs> scripts. Like <laughs> again, he had very specific quotes in there and it was literally like he I was don't know. referring
1: to his notes when he was yeah, talking well, yeah, well, yeah. Ward said this and Ward said that, you know, like, so I don't get it.
0: So pretty strange, dude. Pretty strange. All right. Well, we'll. Put a pin in that for now. We'll see what comes next. I mean, I'm, like still I said, I'm still hopeful.
1: I'm still hopeful that the Fab Five is in Ann Arbor uh, You know, this winter. I hope we see them in Chrysler. I know they're all down there for the Hall of Fame induction, so that's kind of cool that they're all together. But, yeah, this this really makes it sort of uh, – it looked like it was headed in that direction. Now it's a big question mark as to whether or not you'll see the Fab Five at Chrysler. And I'm jacked for it. I want it. Yeah. We talked about this before. I want the Jordan gear. I want the Fab Five yeah. merch. So make it happen.
0: So we'll, we'll see, we'll keep that on the back burner for now and kind of monitor. It's not the, like I said, it's not a huge deal. It's just strange, strange how yeah. it kind of played out, you know, kind of took off a little bit today because I mean, it seemed like ward made a point to come out and be like, no, 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 I didn't say all that. I did <laughs> no, not no, 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 say no. all that. So <laughs> ward manual <No>, currently. God! <laughs> no, God, please. No, no, no. No Live look at Ward Manuel. All right, so let's get into our first segment. Uh, big Ten, big game, Big Ten, big lame. <laughs> <The> biggest game <laughs> this weekend for me, I think. I mean the Washington Michigan game's pretty big, but it's it's Oregon, Ohio State, right? I mean yeah. that is that's a big game um, Oregon's got a lot of talent. they've got speed. they've got some guys that can
1: it's at Columbus.
0: Go yes, it's in Columbus that can go toe to toe with with Ohio State in terms of athleticism and speed. But I don't know. You just said it. I mean, in Columbus, we'll get to the spread a little bit later. That's part of our pick'em section. But um, I don't know. I think I still think Ohio State is probably the better team overall. They have recruited as they've recruited better than everybody in the country, not named Alabama, uh, basically even though Oregon's really good and they're, you know, they've been pretty good and they've got some explosive players. Kayvon Thibodeau is one of the best pass rushers in the country. I think he's a little dinged up though, if I'm not mistaken. I still think Ohio state is just, you know, they're kind of on another level. We saw the second half against Minnesota, how good CJ Stroud ended up looking. They still have those receivers that are as good as anybody in the entire country. Um, it's a big game, highly ranked teams, Two top 10 teams, I believe. I think Oregon's in the top 10, or they're close to it. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think Ohio State probably is uh, feeling pretty good about where they're at with the Ducks coming to town.
1: I I tend to agree with you, but I I will say that I think – You know, we thought I I guess the way I'm looking at um, Ohio State, Oregon is the way that I was looking at Michigan, Washington is like we won't really know what kind of team Michigan is until week two and they play a really solid Washington Mm. team. Well, now we don't know what kind of team Washington is. I'm pretty sure Oregon is still a solid team. And we saw, you know. Week one, we saw, or it was on Thursday. I think it was. Did they play week one? It was Thursday leading up to week one. Whatever the hell it was, whenever Ohio State played Minnesota, we saw that they looked pedestrian. Yeah, last Thursday. Yeah. They looked pedestrian in the first half, and then they turned it on in the second half. I don't know, like, I don't know what to make of Ohio State quite yet because I didn't walk away feeling that impressed from their game against Minnesota. I mean, Stroud made some great throws, and you could see that 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 you know that that high potent offense is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. I don't know. I don't, I don't look at this. Like usually when I think about Ohio state and somebody, even if it's a big game, somebody going into, you know, Columbus, I just, I'm always so confident in Ohio state. And this year, I just don't feel that for some reason. I think that, I think that they're vulnerable this year. I still think they're really good. I think they're the best team in the big 10, but I think they're more vulnerable this year than they have been probably throughout Harbaugh's entire tenure.
0: Yeah. Oregon's coming to town with Anthony Brown at quarterback. He's a dual threat guy. He's a transfer from Boston college not, you know, not, uh, you know, not a sniper with his arm, but he's a good athlete. He, he can move the ball. He can do some things and they've, they've got talent. They've got some speed around at the skill positions, really good pass rusher, like I said, in Thibodeau. But yeah, I mean, that's interesting that you say that not quite as confident as Ohio in Ohio state, as you have been in the past. And it did look a little rusty and a little slow yeah. out of the gate against Minnesota. And then they turned it on. We'll see. I mean, they're definitely going to be up for their, their, you know, their home opener, right? The first game was at Minnesota, so they haven't yeah. played at home yet, and they're bringing in a big opponent like Oregon. Um Is that 4.30
1: or noon kickoff?
0: I can't remember the kickoff time. Three. We can, yeah, maybe look at look at that at while Fox. we're. I'll
1: take a look, yeah. While, we're, while we're
0: sitting here talking about some other stuff, but I think that's the biggest game. I mean, the the Michigan Washington game had the potential to be really big, but then, man, Washington kind of screwed the pooch on that one so well,
1: you know you've also got iowa iowa state and we will get to that one and, too yeah and, and, and they beat indiana so again this is going to be another one like is indiana that bad is iowa that good like i think we'll find out a lot about that that week one game between iowa and indiana based on what happens this week
0: and the the lamest game in the big 10 this week oh boy i'm just wondering if you had to go to this one cover it or you got like you know, a buddy of yours was like an uh, right. like an alum of the other school, and they're like, "Hey, dude, I got two tickets. Let's go!" Northwestern hosting Paradise. Northwestern hosting Indiana State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern blows. I mean, they got they got yeah. housed by Michigan State, who's better. I mean, they look they looked improved. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Kenneth Walker. running back looked i mean probably could make an argument he was the best looking running back in the big 10 maybe the country i mean the dude was a machine against northwestern but northwestern coming in we knew they were going to be pretty bad they lost the most production of any team in the entire country literally the entire fbs they were at the bottom of who they were bringing back and they you know they punched above their weight last year most would say so losing all of that it looked like it was going to be a rough year for them. They have Hunter Johnson at quarterback. He's the five-star kid. He went to Clemson, didn't work out. And he just looks like he's never played the position before. I mean, yeah. he was bad against Michigan State. And now, I don't know anything about Indiana State. They are 1-0. They beat Eastern Illinois 26-21. to I don't expect them to be all that great or have a lot of talent. But that game just screams like – I don't even know what it screams. It just screams – Cause what, time do they, what time do they kick off? <laughs> it's a noon game. Oh
1: my god! <clears throat> yeah, Northwestern. Well, no. It, it, well, then it, it, it's at Northwestern, right? So it's actually at eleven. So if you're going to Ryan Field, you got to be up a little bit early, right?
0: You know, let me double check because maybe I'm wrong on on when that game is. I thought it was. I remember, I remember scrolling through the list and it was towards the top. So I just assumed it was a noon game, but maybe it's not.
1: I can't no, it's think noon. Any... Yeah, Indiana yeah. State
0: at Northwestern noon. Yep, yeah, it is. Yeah. I thought so. So a nice
1: little 11 a.m. start there. You got to be on the field. You know, you're in the stands by like 10 o'clock at that point, right?
0: Yes. Sleepy. People are taking naps up there. Those Northwestern students are reading books and getting ready for class. They don't. Oh, man, that's going to be. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Um, I I, I think about like. the people, like Lauren, Lauren Withrow, we met and we met her in person. She used to do some work for the site for the Wolverine Digest site, and she's now running the Northwestern site. I just, I think about like having to cover that game, man. Like, ugh, brutal. Find something else to do. Find an interview. We're
1: very fortunate. I mean, think about, what yeah, man. I mean, like make,
0: even next week, know? Michigan's hosting yeah. Northern Illinois. That's going to be a bloodbath, but it's still Michigan football. Still the big house. It's still. spectacle, the fall in Ann Arbor. I mean, it's it's awesome, but very fortunate. Yeah. yeah, Like Northwestern, that's one of the few away venues I've been to. It feels like a big high school. Like you're down it's, it's grass first of all, which is just weird nowadays. I don't hate it. But when you're down there, I was actually on the field for that game a couple of years ago taking photos. So walking around in the grass, it was a little wet. My shoes got all messed up. I remember, like, where the hell – what are we doing here? What Were you what, looking, what at, were you looking at the this? field with
1: your monocle? Like, what the hell? What yeah, kind of it was. Brand of football is this?
0: It was strange. It's a strange feel. And then you bring in, you bring in an opponent like Eastern uh, – or, I'm sorry, Indiana State, you know, after getting beat by 17 by Michigan State, it's – that could be a snooze fest right there yeah. that could be a snooze fest so we'll we'll see what that ends up looking like but yeah that's the that's the lamest game on the slate to me this week and we'll see uh we'll see how that ends up going um I'm trying to think <clears throat> I think Northwestern was the very first Michigan game I ever went to that's why I was do you remember the very first Michigan game you ever went to who who it was <sighs>
1: I don't I'd have to go back and look at photos and try to figure out which game it was and who I was with but I mean the the earliest game I can remember is shit maybe like UMass was an opponent mm. I don't know okay. I don't, it it was a while ago yeah yeah
0: yeah Northwestern pretty sure that was the first game I ever went to anyway Northwestern's going to have a, I I like Pat Fitzgerald but I think they're going to have a really yeah. really rough year. Like, I don't know if they're going to beat anybody in the big 10, honestly. Like I, you know, if you, if you put them up against like even Rutgers right now, yeah. I think I'd lean Rutgers. I do. <clears throat> so well, I think it's going to be a long, they
1: look pretty damn bad against Michigan state. That's for yeah. sure. Or Michigan state's that good. Again, I have no, yeah, idea. Yeah, we'll see.
0: We'll see Michigan state playing Youngstown state this weekend. So not a big test for them either, but uh, yeah. you know, we'll see how it looks. We'll see how it looks. All right. Let's talk about a couple of these. <laughs> Names, we just mentioned Oregon at Ohio State. Great game. I think it's going to be a really good game. Well, maybe not a really good competitive game, but fun to watch. I think there's going to be big plays. You're going to see future NFL guys out there. There's going to be talent. You're going to have C.J. Stroud figuring it out more. You're going to have Anthony Brown running around. But, dude, Ohio State is favored by 14 and a half in that game. Place your bet, Chris Breyler. Place your freaking bet. -14 and a half for the Buckeyes against Oregon. I'm going to take the under. Right? I yeah, I don't
1: I just I like I said before, I don't think Ohio State is the Ohio State we've come to expect. And that doesn't mean not to say they're not good. Like they they're good, they're elite, but you know, Oregon's a pretty good team too. It's an early season matchup. It's going to be a big game and I think it's going to be close. I'll take that's
0: that's a lot of points that's a lot of points I mean they you know the line was 13 and a half against Minnesota yeah, and they yeah. covered by, they barely covered. They barely won by 14. So to, to think that the line's even bigger than that against Oregon, I know it's in Columbus that changes the dynamics a little bit, but that, you know, they know things out there in Vegas. I know, man, those they dudes know. don't, they don't, yeah. they're not in the business of losing money. I get it. I get that. But that is a, that's an interesting line. I don't know. Yeah. I think if I was mashing some money down on that one, I'd go with Oregon and the points, but I, yeah. I think I'm staying away from it because I think you're right. I mean, so much of what we're going to learn about all these teams in week two is going to really set the tone for the rest of the season. Yeah. We've been talking about that with Washington for a while, and um, I think, you know, we're really going to see that a little bit this weekend. We're going to see just how good Michigan is, just how good Washington is. So I'm going to turn that music down a little bit. It's really, <laughs> it's really loud for me. I don't know. We've talked about this before, too. For the viewers and the listeners out there, my headphones seem to be. Jacked up. Whenever Chris is talking, he's super loud. Whenever the music's on, it's super loud, but then we hear it on playback, and I'm like, damn, I can't even hardly hear it. So I apologize if that was insane right there, a little uh, like Ocean's (laughs) Eleven music going on here. But uh, anyway, I could barely hear myself think. But I think if I was putting money down, I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to stay away from it, but I would go with Oregon and the points. And then the other one before we get to the Michigan and the Washington game, we'll talk about that number as well and what pick we have there. But you mentioned it as well, Iowa, at Iowa State. Iowa State is favored by four and a half. Four and a half point favorite Iowa State Cyclones over Iowa after they absolutely beat the brakes off of Indiana last week. Where are you putting your money? No, no, it's in Ames. Oh, it's in
1: Ames, okay, all right.
0: Where are you putting your money on that one, Chris? Iowa State minus four and a half putting them on the, on the Hawkeyes or on the, on the Cyclones? You know
1: what? Something special happens when these two guys get together. I'll, uh, I'll take the Cyclones. It's I think covered. Covered. Yeah, cover. Ooh. Yeah. To cover. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, there is a segment of the Michigan fan base that loves Matt Campbell. And if Matt Campbell is who, you know, everybody thinks he is, seems like a game that's winnable, right?
0: I'm one of them. I really think he's a great yeah. coach. I mean, I, I've, It's so, it's so funny to me, man. It's so funny to me when I see all these people who are like, you know, they, they, uh, I I screwed that up. So all these people that are like, yeah, okay. Yes. There's a big group. There's a big chunk of people who likes Matt Campbell and says like, oh, I wish he would be the coach after Harbaugh's gone or get Harbaugh out of here and get Matt Campbell in here. And then people will say like. Matt Gamble's done this and Jim Harbaugh's done this, like to try to make a point. Like, dude, it's freaking Iowa State. Yeah. That's like comparing Vanderbilt to Auburn or Vanderbilt to Georgia. It's not on the same plane, dude. He has had one four star recruit the entire time he's been there. Yeah. Dude, he doesn't belong. The, his teams don't belong on the field with Oklahoma and Texas, and he beats them about a third of the time. Like, that's got to count for something. I know he's never beat Iowa. That's the one thing that Michigan fans always run to. Guess what? He shouldn't beat Iowa either with the players he has. Yeah. But he's been competitive and he wins games and he's been in. You know, he's been at the top of the Big Twelve. I know the Big Twelve is not the Big Ten. That doesn't matter. It's Iowa State. They blow. They're one of the worst football programs in the country historically. When you look back before Matt Campbell, so. You can miss me with that comparison stuff. I'm not saying he would come and be better than Jim Harbaugh. I, don't, I wouldn't guarantee that, but I like what he's done at Iowa State, and I think he's done a hell of a lot more with less, whereas Jim Harbaugh I think has done less with more. And that that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with those two comparisons. But anyway, we'll see. I... I think I'm taking Iowa. I, I just yeah. I'm I was really impressed. I say all that. I pump up Iowa State for five minutes yeah. to say I'd put my money on Iowa. But I, I was just so impressed with what Iowa did against Indiana because I thought Indiana was going to be really good this year. Michael right. Penix is back. Don't know if he's all the way healthy yet or confident with whatever he's dealing with with his injury. But, I mean, they handled him, and that, that really surprised me. Not that they won, but it was very lopsided,
1: and Iowa looks like the best team in the Big Ten right now, not named Ohio State. There is there is a part of me coming off of last year, and I said this multiple times during the offseason when you and I would talk, that I just wasn't really willing to buy into Indiana at this point, that I thought yeah. it was a little bit of fool's gold, that, yeah, last season was great, but if you look at their track record under Tom Allen, it just it hasn't been very successful, and they have been good for a long time. So, yeah, based on what happened with Iowa, maybe Indiana, maybe last year was one of those, that was like their year, you know, and, and maybe things are trending back down, I don't know. But, again, I think we do, we're going to find out a lot about a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's you know Jim Harbaugh touched on that. He said week 2 it's a, he said week 2 is the hardest week to scout and prepare for a team. Like yeah. week 1 you'd think it would be because you haven't seen them yet, you don't know what you're going to get, but a lot of times week 1 is a feeling out, it's a vanilla game plan, it's you know a mediocre opponent. There's a lot of things that go into it and then you get that week 2 game in a lot of instances, you really got to step it up. You got to make a ton of adjustments. You got to yeah. change a bunch of stuff, and so it's really hard to know what you're going to see. Um, but yeah, so I think I'd put my, I you know, with this Iowa State matchup specifically, I think I'd put my money on the Hawkeyes. I mean, you know, maybe it's only a three point win for Iowa State that would that would win the bet. Or you know, Iowa's certainly good enough to win that game. They they, yeah. I mean, they have. Like I said, Matt Campbell hasn't beaten Iowa yet, so. Obviously, that usually goes that usually goes one way, so we'll see how that looks. It's a game I'm intrigued by in a big way, obviously, a Big Ten opponent, and then Matt Campbell, that intrigue there about, I don't even know if he's a realistic target for Michigan as, as the head coach, if that situation ever were to arise. I've heard that he would be interested from somebody I trust very much, but it's not a thing right now so but you know there's a seed everybody's got a little bit of a seed planted right. back there when it comes to everybody campbell, in michigan so.
1: always kind of has a little bit of an eye on what's going someone.
0: on an someone and some as and right now it's it's matt campbell so yeah. we'll see how that goes that's all i got for place your bets week two it's a pretty weak slate across the, yeah. across the country. Um, there were some really big games week one, a little bit of a step back during week two. Washington, Michigan was supposed to be one of the bigger ones. We'll talk about that to close out the pod. But uh, that's it. That's all we got on Place Your Bets this week. I hope we can get a lot more in the weeks to come where we can yeah. slap down some money and tell you guys how to get rich, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that just came out of me. I no, there's, even... there's, the, there's the drop right there. I did right? not <laughs>
1: – that's the place your bets drop. I did get. not,
0: I did not intend to do that, but uh, you know, sometimes Dave Chappelle just hits you, and you got to run with it. You got to run with it. All right. It little open-ended question, or not an open-ended question. Sorry, little more of a specific type of question here. Another article that you put up, a little talking point before we get into our over/unders, and then really focus on Washington to close us out. Jim Harbaugh nearing a big win. He's he, he's approaching a number that. It's pretty special. I mean, it's a, you know, we've said this a lot, man. Jim Harbaugh has won a lot of games. He's averaging, you know, eight, nine, 10 wins a season, 69% win percentage. I feel like it should be a little higher and I feel like he should have some bigger wins, but he's won the majority of his games by quite a bit. And that has allowed him to reach this total. Chris, what is yeah. Jim Harbaugh? Grinding for this weekend.
1: So if he if he gets the win this weekend, it'll be his 51st win, um, and that'll tie him with uh, I believe Bump Elliott uh, with 51 wins as well. The only difference is, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh has gotten to that 51 win milestone in in two fewer years. So, yeah, when it comes to winning games you know, he's, he's got a great winning percentage. He's, he's obviously racking up wins, but you know, Michigan fans know the story. We don't have to go into Ohio state. We don't have to go into like top 10 wins. We know what the situation is, but you know, overall he's winning ball games. And I mean, when you move into, you know, depending on what happens this year, he's not, you know, he's not going to move into the top five this year, but if he returns next year, you know, you're talking about Jim Harbaugh who now has a very realistic shot at finishing within the top five of Michigan coaches all time. I don't know that that's going to be impressive to anybody if that record doesn't include a Big Ten championship, and and I don't even know if there's anything he can do with Ohio State at this point. I mean, you look at zero and five. Is he going to be around for another five or six years? Is he going to go five and zero against the Buckeyes to like try to turn this thing around? I just don't think there's enough time for him to ever finish out his career with Ohio state being viewed as like a positive thing with, with, you know, him and Michigan and the rivalry and all of that stuff. I just don't think there's enough time. So yeah, but when it comes to wins, he's obviously moving up. Um, you know, he's, he's putting his name along some of the best to ever do it. And and you do have to give him credit for that. I know it's difficult because the big, big wins haven't been there. Um, but he's still taking care of business to a certain extent and you can't hate him for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean like you said, if you end up being in t- inside that, you know, top 5, top 4 all time at a place like Michigan, like that's, you know, that that says yeah. something. I mean, like you said, you could get into all the all the shortcomings, but there there's some success there too. And yeah, I mean, you know, that would be a that would be a nice place to etch your name and, and just, you know, say you did what you did. I mean, you know, if he finishes, however long he stays at Michigan, he doesn't have a win over Ohio State though. That's going to be That'll that's it. That, the that's number one. Yeah, yeah, that is the legacy, and that's it. Yeah. Is unfortunate on some levels, but there's no doubt that's what he was brought there to do. That's the that's kind the of job, level man. he was at. That's the job. That's 100 yeah. percent right. That's the freaking job. That's it. Uh, bump Elliott, real quick. Nine game seasons back then, so that's the that's a little okay. different. But yeah, yeah, but his his overall record was 51 and 42. So that's I think that's, he had a
1: 49 percent winning percentage or yeah, something like that. He was in the 40s. So.
0: It's yeah. gonna be uh lower than lower than Harbaugh's winning percentage, but again, a name that all Michigan fans have at least heard of. He hasn't coached since the fifties and sixties, so it's been a I long mean, but time.
1: But he's you know, he's getting up there with the Fritz Chryslers yeah. and and yep. some of those other guys. I mean, he's never gonna catch Bo, he's never gonna catch Lloyd. And I think a lot of people that's what they expected when he got yeah. here, right? Is that he was gonna land among those guys. Uh, he's not gonna get there, but he will, you know, he'll be in the top five by the time his career is all said and done here. And so take that for whatever whatever it's worth to you.
0: There you go. All right, Chris, you ready for some over-unders? Let's some do fun it. little prediction stuff. It. Here we go. Let's get I'm some ready. over-unders going here. You want to go first this time? I think I went first last time. Let me hear it.
1: So, week one against uh, Western Michigan, uh, I think the point total was 61 points, 47 to 14, if I remember correctly. So, I don't know that Michigan's going to score as many points uh, this weekend, but I do think Washington scores more points than. Western Michigan did. So I've got total points. The over under set at 54 and a half over or under 61 points total last weekend, mm.
0: 54
1: and a half this weekend.
0: Is that the actual number? What is the actual know. number I, for the I, game? I pulled
1: it out of my head.
0: That's a, that's a pretty, I would imagine
1: it's close. I would imagine it's close to Let's that. Let's see
0: how good you are compared to Vegas, Chris. Let's
1: see it. Maybe I've got Let's another see. calling.
0: Well, so the Vegas over under is 48 and a half. So you got a full touchdown wow. basically. that's a pretty okay. low. I would go over that for sure. Yeah. I would go over 48 and a half. Your number would, is tougher I would in with my opinion. 54
1: and a half, yeah.
0: Your number is tougher than that Vegas number, in my opinion. I think. Oh. That's seriously like right where I was thinking. I'm thinking like yeah. I'm not gonna say my score just yet, because we'll do that at the end. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna okay. go under 54 and a half, not by a lot. Uh, not by a lot, but yeah, just slightly, slightly on. Un- so, I mean, you can kind of figure out where I'm at. If I said I would go over 48 and a half, but under 54 and a half, I mean, you've got yeah. the, you've got the range there, but that's, yeah, that's where I would be at.
1: Yeah. I'm going to take the under as well, only because I liked what I saw from the Michigan defense last week. Once they settled in and made some adjustments, they were able to shut down. Western Michigan. Now, obviously, I well, I thought it was going to be a different animal in Washington, but their offense looked terrible as well. Horrible. So, so yeah. even if even if their offense makes a significant improvement in week two, I think the Michigan defense is just far superior. I think Washington's going to get a couple of sneaky scores in there, but for the most part, I think they keep them contained. I'll take the under at fifty-four and a half.
0: Against Western Michigan, Cade McNamara, starting quarterback for a Division One program in 2021, threw the ball a whopping 11 times. Now, I'm being a bit facetious there. They didn't have to throw the ball; they ran it at will. They scored 47 points. It's fine. I don't. I don't think it's going to go so easily against Washington. I know they looked bad against Montana. I know they're 0 and 1. I know they're coming in that way. But I think Michigan's going to have to roll out the playbook a little bit more against against a, a you know a talented. NFL player, you know, riddled roster. I mean, they've got NFL guys on that team. Yeah. I think they're going to have to do a little bit more. So Cade McNamara over under 29 and a half throws.
1: Ooh, I'll take the under, but not by much. I mean, I could see him at 28 or so. Um, he is going to have to throw the ball. But from what we've heard about Washington, even though there's questions on the offensive side of the ball, they've got some corners out there. They've got a secondary that yeah. can be a bit dangerous. And with McNamara not really being tested too much in week one, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how he's going to deal with, you know, facing a, a more, um, a, you know, a, a better, a better secondary. I'm wondering how he's going to do with that. Is Michigan going to be down? He's going to have to throw the ball more. I'll take the under, but it's going to be close.
0: I'm with you. I'm also thinking the under, but just by a by a throw or two. Honestly, yeah. like if he finished the game with 28 or 29 attempts, I'd be. That's about the wheelhouse I see him staying in. I don't think you know. I don't think they're going to ask. Kate. We. I mean, we. If they're true to their word, they're not going to ask Cade McNamara to go out right. and win the game and throw it all over the lot. So I think. I think throwing it more than 30 times is unlikely, but you're right, man. I mean, if Michigan does find themselves down or they need to move the ball or they need some plays, I think they're going to have to do that. But I'm with you. I think I think he's going to be right in that, that region. Set 27, 28, 29 throws would put him just under, uh, just under that mark I came up with for 29 and a half pass attempts.
1: Yeah. And and I think this next question I have for you, this next over under is going to dictate that a lot, because in week one, we saw that Blake Corum, you know, the running backs had had a pretty good day. And Blake Corum in particular uh, was at 211 all purpose yards on the day. So in order to take some of that pressure off of Cade, those running backs are going to have to be just as good in week two. What do you think for the over under at quorum on all purpose yards again? He was two eleven week one. I've got him at two hundred week two. That's
0: so fun. That's my question. That's exactly yeah, what, okay. I what I you, had next. I had you
1: spend it at I didn't I
0: didn't include the include the return yards. I just okay. to me that doesn't really factor into how effective he's being or what the offense is doing. It's great. I mean I I love him returning kicks and I think he's gonna make some yeah. plays back there, but I think in the grand scheme of like the game overview to include that as a part of his all purpose yards. I just personally didn't have it. So I had just his rushing and receiving yards at a hundred point okay. five. So to me, that means that I'm feeling a little lower on the number than you are. So for your number, yeah. I'd say, I'd say under, I would under, say okay. under, I think he's going to be, I, if you're including the, you know, he had an 80 yard kickoff return. I mean, that's not like, Dynamic, you don't just yeah. take that away. I, right. That's, that's one thing I hate when I hear people talking about stats. It's like, well, if you take away his 86-yarder, he only had 112 yards rushing. I'm like, well, did he have it or did he not? Like, it counts. Right. right. What is and it? then Michigan I, starts know,
1: on the on the 20-yard line. You know, it there it absolutely
0: position. counts. Yeah. But yeah. but I think the likelihood of him having an 80-yard kick return every week is, is low. So yeah. that's why I think that number will be lower than 200. I mean, I think he's in there for the same type of thing, you know, 10, 12, yeah. 15 carries, a couple catches here and there. You know, if he gets up to 200 yards on 18 touches – that's 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 moving some that's picking him up and putting him down i think i'd go under um, so you know we can kind of incorporate these two questions together if you yeah. want i so for me i have him over 100.5 rushing and receiving yards total i think you know he gets 60 70 80 yards rushing you know 20 30 40 receiving maybe on a screen pass a bubble whatever i think he's going to be right around that you know 100 115 yard mark If he pops another kick return, then, you know, shoot, man, people are going to stop kicking it to him, but we'll see in week two.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the over on both. I'm going to take the over on both because, you know, partially because Ronnie Bell's out partially because I think the the atmosphere is going to be electric. He's going to be returning kicks. I think that they're after his week one performance, you know, maybe this is something we can discuss a little bit later. But you know, after his Week One performance, I expect him to be getting a lion's share of the carries. Um, I could easily see him being over 200 all-purpose yards, over 100 rushing and receiving yards. So I'll, I'll hammer the over confidently there.
0: Okay, I mean, basically right. like it.
1: Dude, dude, looked unstoppable. Yeah,
0: he looked great. There's no doubt about it. He looked dynamic. We both yeah. talked about he would be our guy. I don't, I don't dislike Hassan Haskins. I just like Blake Corum that much, yep. and he looked different. He did, he just looked different. And you know, I know you've said it. Like you like Hassan Haskins in the short yardage, the goal line, third and one, fourth and one. Blake Horm's a rock, dude. He ain't going backwards. I mean, I I know he's not I know he's not as big, but he's a little he's a little ball of muscle, man. He's I not only falling say that. backwards.
1: I say that because you got to get Haskins out there, right? He's yeah. got to be on the field somehow. Find I what just, he's good I, at. Use him I there, like, yeah. I like him more in that situation because Blake Worm is so good when he's got open field in front of him. His vision and the jump cuts and the way he moves, that's his sweet spot. But if you need to just turn around, give the ball, let somebody put their shoulder down and smash in and try to get those lines, I like, I like doing that with Haskins.
0: You know what, though? I find myself... In today's age of college football and the way that you, you can you know you can play sideline to sideline and you you know you need these complete versatile backs who can do a little bit of everything. I like a guy like Corum who even yeah. if he's supposed to punch it up in there and put his face in the fan, he can put his foot in the ground and jump you know, yeah. three feet to the side in half a second and get the corner and then he's yeah. walking in the end zone.
1: We saw it last year. Saw it last Michigan, year. State. Michigan State. Yeah. Exactly. Michigan that was State. inside. He, I think he I think the, the, the excuse me, I think the run was designed to go up the middle and he, he just bounced, bounced it out it. and, and yeah. nobody could touch him. So yeah, yeah. you're right. So, I mean it's hard keeping Blakeworm off the field. I know.
0: That's what I said. That's what right. I tweeted out last week and it got a lot of attention. I said, I'm sorry, I like Hassan. Yeah. <sighs> You'd have to pay me some money to take that kid out. I'm leaving yep. Blake Corm in the game unless he needs to come out, and it, that's that's just how I feel about him. That's how good I think he is. All right. Uh, so yeah. So I'll go. I'll run out of questions yep. sooner, I think, because that was kind of the same thing I had. Um, JJ McCarthy. We saw him last week. He did some good. Do you have him? Do you have him next? I, I, it's my next question. All right. Well, I swear we'll to God, see. we
1: we do not talk about this before. We
0: don't. Great. We'll see where we win. There's a lot. There right, were there, several God. different things I thought here, but. Um, J.J. McCarthy over under eight and a half snaps.
1: Ooh, okay. I'm going to take the over.
0: Do you want to know the number last week? Would that help at all? Do you need that information? I think it, it was even... over
1: eight. It had to have been over eight. So last, last
0: week he that. played 20. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm taking Obviously I'm taking... he
0: was in. The game was out of hand. You know, Cade wasn't coming back in. I don't know if it's that kind of situation against Washington, but do what you want with that number. Caden, J.J. McCarthy, eight and a half snaps over under.
1: I'm going to take the over, and there is just a small, like a little part of me internally that I've been playing this scenario over in my mind where it's under the lights. Michigan's up against the ropes, the offense is struggling and out trots the freshmen and the crowd goes crazy and the McCarthy era is officially underway. Like I could Man. see something like that happening on a magical night in Ann Arbor under the lights. Like what, what better way to do it? But yeah, I think he's going to be out there more. I think Harbaugh wants to get him on the field as much as he possibly can. I'm going to hammer. The, I'm going to hammer over on the eight snap, eight and a half snaps. I think you had, and I'll just yep. go right into my question because it's it's pretty similar. But I've got—I don't know how many passes he attempted last week. I don't have it in front of me, but I've got JJ McCarthy um, total attempts at nine and a half.
0: Ooh. Yeah, let me. I'm. I'm. i going to think. Gonna threw think. It
1: seven times.
0: I'm going to think, and I'm going to look up the number here while we're okay. while I'm thinking. I so here. Well, he uh, he threw the ball six times last week. That's six it. times. Okay. So to me, this answer is easy because I think it's under on my question. I don't think he plays eight and a half snaps or nine. Okay. You know, I think he plays. I don't know if he plays because I think the game. I, you know, Washington is we're, we're, I don't know. I don't know what Washington is. We're going to find out. And I think, I think it's going to be a competitive game. And I think when you're in a competitive game, you're starting quarterback plays and he plays the whole game. That's, that's the typical script for a, for a college football game. Um, they've talked about the confidence they have with, in in Cade. I, I just can't see, man, dude, I, you you're, you're, your movie montage you just directed for everybody is attractive, but I don't know if I can see a
1: situation where they bench Cade. I just, I mean, if the ball isn't moving, that's the only way I can see it. Like if, if they're just dead in the water and they got to make something happen. And we've, so we've seen periods of this Michigan offense where things just disappear, you know. So,
0: so I'm going to say part. under, I'm going to say under eight and a half snaps, and then therefore easily under the passing attempts i think you know if he comes in at the very end it's like a mop-up thing he's not going to be throwing it you know if he does yeah. get on the field i just i just can't cl- i think michigan we'll get to that but i i just can't see a scenario where michigan is up by as much as they were against like a western where they can yeah. get the backups in like that i just yeah. i don't see that happening so i'm going to say under eight and a half snaps under what, what was your number Nine and a half Nine and throws. A half.
1: Nine and a half attempts, yeah. He didn't even
0: throw it that many times against Western. Yeah, I can't take, see it being more than that.
1: I'll take the over on the snaps. I'll take the under on the attempts because even when he was in there, you saw that there was a healthy appetite to get Donovan Edwards the ball. I don't know that that's going to be the same situation this week. But like I said, I don't I don't think it would be if, if McCarthy comes in. I don't see it happening in mop-up duty. I see it happening out of necessity because they need a shot in there.
0: Look at the intrigue here that we are growing organically. Didn't even know... Yeah. That was going to be a thing. I right from the soil. I, look, I'm I'm not going to call you crazy. I'm not going to call you crazy for saying that. I just I think with Jim Harbaugh's track record of of riding it out with quarterbacks even when they've done some some bad stuff. I I just can't see it. Not in but it feels not different. In week 2. I it know it does. It does, it does feel a different, little different.
1: It seems like if there's a year to do it, it's this Talked year. about
0: it? Talked about it last, uh, on Wednesday, talked about it on Wednesday. The words that they use to talk about the two quarterbacks. It's right. like, you know, read between the lines, essentially Cade, you're a placeholder when it's time, it's time. See you later. JJ, here's the keys. I don't know if that's what they're really thinking, but that's, that's what the, the that language vibe. feels like and yeah. what it looked like. And this, the, yeah, no, look, I'm like I said, I'm with you. I'm not going to call you crazy for thinking that's going to go like that. But for this week, But this week, I say under the snaps, under the throws, we'll see. It's going to be fun to keep an eye on that. All right. Uh, This is another tough one. I talked about sacks being a hard thing to predict last week. We talked about Aiden Hutchinson maybe getting a couple. He got one. Um, Turnovers are another thing. Um, You know, Michigan wants to get more takeaways this year. And, you know, it's it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. I think... Uh, Brad Hawkins does not have an interception in his career. Not one. Like, that's that's crazy. He's played a ton of football. He's a good player. Plays safety. Teams throw it all over the place nowadays. He doesn't have a pick in his whole career. That, you know, that's just crazy to think about. I'm not trying to trying to bash. It's just hard to believe that today's day and age. That, that's how that goes. But anyway, so specifically, not Brad Hawkins, Daxton Hill. He's in coverage. He's locked up. He's doing a lot of different things. He talked about it this week, disguising coverages, confusing the quarterback, making jumps on the ball. They're playing some more of these sit-down zones. I can see an anticipation play where Dax runs in front of something and he's off to the races. Daxton Hill, over, under, a half. So either basically he's getting one or he's not. Over, under, half a takeaway against Washington. I'm going to take the under. Okay.
1: Confidently take the under, just because we, I haven't seen it from him yet. Like there's mm-hmm. flashes of it. You, he, you know, he's around the ball. You know, he's got he's got the, the the makeup to be that guy that everybody thinks he can be. But until until we see him have that breakout game, I'm I'm gonna go the under a lot when it comes to Daxon Hill.
0: Okay. You know, I went out on a limb last week during warmups and said, you know what, AJ Henning's gonna score a freaking touchdown today. He looks good. Yeah. He looks fast. He looks like he's getting after it, and he did a long one. Uh I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna take the over. I think Daxton Hill gets his hands on a ball this week and 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 turns into an offensive player for a moment. I don't know if he's taking it back. I don't know if he's gonna make four people miss and show that dynamite speed that we haven't really seen, other than yeah. you know, watching He was phenomenal last week. The tackles that he made, the space he covered, you know, playing in the slot, basically the whole game, running around with number four for Western Michigan his role is different this year. I just think he he's close. I think he's going to get close. You know, they talked about wanting to do it more, wanting to put guys in a position to make, you know, to make interceptions and to get their hands on the ball. And going out on a limb, man. Daxon Hill is either going to pick a pass off or scoop up a fumble and turn into a runner. Uh, for the really for the first time in his career. I think he yeah. he caught a pass right on a fake punt. I think as a true freshman.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a That fake was about punt. it. Right. Yeah. So I mean, get him in a jet jet suite. I, w- I just want to see what he can do. Cool like I, I, you know, like you can watch him out on the defensive side of the ball, and you can see how gifted he is athletically. But I want to see him with the ball in the hands, man. We, see, we, you know, we hear about the athleticism and the speed, and you just haven't been able to see it. So it's been a bummer.
0: I will. I will say he's going to get one. He's going to get a takeaway this week.
1: All right. I'm I looking think. forward to it. I hope that happens. Are you out? Are you out of your... I got one uh, more. Over-under? I got you one left. One okay. Yep. All right, so here we go. I think, well, I think we're
0: back even because you, yeah. we had the same, had the same J.J. type of question. Yeah, I think we're good.
1: All right, so we obviously know the Michigan defense stepped up a little bit in the second half um, against Western Michigan, um, but the secondary... Uh, you know, there were some questions about the secondary and uh, Michigan didn't get, I think they had what one takeaway. Did they have a takeaway against Western? I don't That's know actually
0: what one. I was looking because I, I, I had I know this. It was the
1: strip sack.
0: Yeah, but they didn't recover it. I don't think Regardless. they did. I don't think they have, I don't think they had a takeaway.
1: All right. we'll, we'll have to get this shit in our notes next time. I don't know what happened last week. I just yeah. don't think I saw a turnover and I'm looking at this weekend and I'm setting the over under at takeaways by the Michigan defense at two and a half. Are you over or under two and a half takeaways?
0: I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take right. the under. It's just is like we like I just said, this is one of those things that's really hard to it's really hard to predict. I mean sacks, I always I you know, I always screwed it up, never could get the right get the right feel, get the right vibe. Interceptions and fumbles are just such such chance occurrences that even when you've got like like last week, Caleb Ellaby. I thought he was going to throw it all over the place, put it up there, let Michigan have a chance to take some of them away, and it just it didn't happen. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, – let's see. Ellaby did not throw a pick, and neither did uh, neither did Cade. So, unless okay, there was a lost fumble, which I don't believe there was. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm going to take the under. I just think that, uh, yeah, no turnovers in either direction last week. So my last question is related to this, but in the other direction. Um, I'll take the under. I think Michigan, uh, I you know, I like their defense. I like their defense, but I, I got to see a little bit more. I got to see a I'll little be- bit more against a better team.
1: I'm going to be bold here because I like – michigan's defensive front i think aiden hutchinson and david ojabo i think that those guys really get off and have a field day um and i think michigan's gonna i think that defense is gonna get some turnovers i'll take the over i think they walk out with maybe a couple fumble recoveries and an interception i'll take the over at two and a half
0: there you go and my last question in the same wheelhouse the other way michigan i think is gonna have to throw it more i think Washington has some playmakers on defense. I think Cade McNamara is going to have to push the envelope a little bit more than he did against Western Michigan. So my over-under is, will will Michigan, Michigan's turnovers? so them giving the ball to Washington yep. at one and a half, one and a half. Uh,
1: can, you, can you see that? Michigan turnovers at <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> That's so,
0: hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: the I'm exact the same, same thing. All right. Well, there you I'm go.
1: Gonna, I'm going to, I'm actually going to take the over here. And, and for those reasons, when I was thinking about this question, I went back to the discussion we had, you know, we had the guy from Washington, the Washington be kind of talking about that secondary. And I do think Cade's going to be in a position where he might have to force the issue a little bit more than he wants to. I think it's going to result in maybe he hasn't even thrown an interception in his career yet, right? His Michigan right. career. So yep. I think he gets his first interception. I can see there being like a trouble with a snap exchange or whatever. I'll take the over. I think they're going to have two turnovers. Not looking forward to it, but I just think there's, it's it's going to be more intense everything. The crowd's intense. The environment's intense. The game is intense. I think there's going to be a couple mistakes.
0: I'm with you. I actually think it's going to be about an even turnover battle, like two and two. Like, they, you yeah. know, both teams playing a more talented team this week. Obviously, Washington really stubbed its toe coming out of the gate, but it's a different animal when you're coming to Ann Arbor. You're in the big house. You're playing against Michigan. You know, if if Jim Harbaugh's uh, comments were correct, the Washington players have had this one circled. Like, like you just said, the intensity is going to be higher yeah. by – you know, by a thousand percent compared to what both teams saw in week one. I mean, I know Michigan was at home and they were excited, but it was Western. This right. is a night game. This is Washington. This is big stage. This, this is, is
1: ABC.
0: It's a big deal, dude. And I think, right. I think both teams are going to be seeing that and feeling that. And you're waiting around all day. You know, 7, 8, it's an 8 o'clock kickoff, I think. 8 o'clock, eight o'clock, eight o'clock yeah. kickoff ready to get after it I think both teams are you know gonna cough it up a, a, once or twice but I'll, I'll say twice I think I think Michigan might turn it over twice I think Washington might turn it over twice so yeah I'll go with the over on Michigan's turnover set at one and a half so there you have it and we're out of questions because we doubled each other up like two times up. because we say the same thing every time well, and, let, me, uh, let me
1: ask you this so we have spent I mean man, we've spent the entire offseason talking about this game and we came up with our, you know, our predictions for what the season was going to be, what the record, the win totals were going to be. You got them at seven. I am at nine. We kept pointing to this game as the fork in the road, the pendulum that was either going to mean a seven win season or a nine win season. I know we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but I'm just, I'm wondering like, if Michigan goes out and gets the win against Washington and you know, it's a hard fought game, you know, it's, it's not a blowout, but it, Michigan gets the victory. Do you feel as confident about moving that number North? I mean, I know you'll move them up to eight, right? Because they're, they're getting a win that you didn't account for, but do you mm-hmm. see them as more approaching maybe that nine, 10 win Mark as as improbable as it seemed, you know, three or four weeks ago.
0: You know, I've thought about this already because with I Indiana said- too,
1: right? Indiana is, is another part of that.
0: Yeah, that that's exactly what I was gonna say. I thought about that because I've always said, like, if if Michigan can beat Washington, then I think I suddenly would feel good about them beating Indiana at you know at home. They got, you know, they lost by seventeen to Indiana last year in Bloomington. That's that's a pretty one sided that's that's a dominant win in college football. You beat a team by seventeen points, that's a dominant win. But playing them in Ann Arbor this year with the fans back, that's certainly gonna change things. And then we saw Indiana lose like they lost to Iowa in week one and we saw Michigan do what they did and now Washington. Yeah, like I think it's more so far through one week, it's more about what the other teams have done okay. than what Michigan has done. I mean, like I was really impressed by a lot of what they did against Western, but I it's what I expected. I expected them to look like that. My score was almost, almost right down. I think I said 45 to 10, yep. or 42 to 10, somewhere in that range. So like I expected them to win by 30 plus and that's what they did. You know, with Indiana, I didn't watch any of that game, so I don't know exactly what they did wrong or what wasn't. I know, I know, Iowa had two pick sixes. Those aren't like fluke plays, but you're you can't count on two pick sixes every week. So even though that was pretty lopsided, I think Indiana is probably a little better than they looked right there. And same thing with Washington. Like, what the hell are they doing losing to Montana? What are they doing? So. Man, dude, you know what? Even even up until like Wednesday, and this is what we'll kind of wrap up. We'll wrap up here as we as we transition right into this topic. Even as we were moving through the week, when we got to Wednesday, I was still I was still gonna stick to my guns and what I told myself, and that I was gonna pick Michigan to come up just short against Washington until they showed me that enough things had changed from last year. Because after they lost to Michigan State, I picked them to win again, and they lost again. And I think I might have even done it one more time. And I'm like, dude, I'm done. I'm done picking them just because I want them to win. And I feel like they should because they're Michigan and because they recruit this way and because they have this and they have that. And I just said I'm I'm not gonna do it anymore. I gotta, I gotta break that that thought process that Michigan just should win because they yeah. didn't last year, and it looked really bad at times. But dude, hearing hearing Mike Martin on Wednesday pick Washington to lose by 13 Yeah, really changed my mind because I think, you know, I didn't, I didn't I watched some highlight cutups of the Washington game. I I didn't really take much away from it. I don't really know what I was watching. The offense looked really pedestrian and vanilla. Like I was watching the players from Montana. I'm like, I can't believe they're losing to this team. Like what are they, what is happening? How is this even possible? So I just, I just don't think, I don't think they're that good. I don't think Washington's, I don't know how a team with talent can lose that game. Yeah, you know, even if they laid an egg, you 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 win it fourteen to ten, or you win it twenty to seventeen, or so they lost. They lost to freaking Montana. So I don't know. Did I even answer your question? I'm just talking (laughs) out of my ass here. I I really, I I find myself. I do. Okay, I remember what you asked. I find myself shifting slightly, and I do. I I I am going to pick Michigan to beat Washington now. So when two days ago I wasn't.
1: Right. So now so now Brandon Brown is at an 8-win Michigan team and with you know with uh Indiana sort of up in the air. I mean man, uh, you know, we're we're not even to week 2 yet and we're already starting to look at this team as like 8-9-10 wins when beforehand it was like the bottom could fall out, you know? And I just I'm worried that like we're going to get through this weekend and we're going to be sitting here on Monday and we're going to like I don't know. I don't know what to think. Like I don't know who Washington is. I still don't know who Michigan is it's just been a really weird start to the year given the way certain things have happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but again, that's the beauty of college football and it, and it's fun and it's interesting, but for guys like us who, you know, have to like analyze it and talk about it's it, hard. it, it sucks. It sucks. Really Yeah. I, uh,
0: well let's, let's go there. Let's talk predictions. Let's talk what we think we're going to see tomorrow night. I keep switching the score around too. I don't, I don't know if I've gone back and forth on a game in my head more than I have this one since I've been doing this as a job. Yeah. I am going to say Michigan 31, 21, 10 point win cover the six and a half point spread that we mentioned earlier. I'd actually know if I said the number, we said we'd get to it. Michigan is favored by six and a half over Washington in the big house tomorrow night. I think that's a pretty reasonable number. Cause I, I, You know, when I think about how the game could play back and forth and what might happen, we talked about maybe a turnover here and there both ways, you know, see what Cade can do if he has to air it out 25-plus times. What's that going to look like? No Ronnie Bell. You know, what are you going to get out of the running backs in week two? Is that O-line going to hold up against bigger, more talented guys? I see it going back and forth a little bit. I see like a 7-10 to point game. So I say 31-21. And I swear to God, if they make me look stupid this time, <laughs> I'm not picking them again for the rest of the year. Mark yeah. it down. Mark it down.
1: Uh, I've got I've got Michigan 34 17. Okay, so, that's pretty. You
0: know, that's pretty I, dominant. It,
1: it is pretty dominant, but I think it 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 looks worse than what it really is. I think Washington 17, a bulk of that, you know, 14 of that comes in the first half. And maybe we see a first half like we saw with Michigan and Western. I think it was fourteen to ten at the half, right? And then Michigan came out, took care of business, and then it looked not even, you know, close it was it fourteen to ten or fourteen to seven? What was it? Ten to seven? What the hell was the halftime score? Was there a
0: field goal right before the half? Were we
1: at the game? Did we see the game? Because I don't remember anything from it.
0: Wait, last week? No, it was
1: close. Last week. Western Michigan. Oh, last week. Going into the half. It was close going into the half, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Michigan settled for
1: a field goal. Maybe it was 13-7 at the time. I don't know. I think Washington gets a bulk of their points in the first half. I think Michigan pulls away in the second half. It looks like a comfortable win, but I think – I think things are going to be a little bit tight initially with the energy and the nerves and, you know, just it's the first big game environment of the year. I think things are going to be tight early. Michigan pulls out second half 34, 17 and, and we, and we show up here on Monday and we shrug our shoulders. Cause we don't know what that means.
0: Yeah. 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 We'll see. And like, so obviously Washington was one of the games I had circled as a loss before the season started. Now I'm shifting from that. So that would put me at eight and four. Yeah. And I'm not coming off of that yet because we still have some time to see Indiana a couple more times and see what they're really all about. And what was that game all about? And yeah, there's a couple of good comments in here. Um, you know, Penix. That's right. He didn't have an offseason. Like people weren't, they weren't sure if he was going to be ready to go for the opener, and he was. So he wasn't, he wasn't up to full speed. He wasn't up to his, his natural, normal self. You know, the two pick sixes, Iowa, you know, they dominated the game. They dominated the game. I don't know if you're going to see that from Indiana for the rest of the season, but that's what happened in week one. So I I don't know. Right now, I'm, I have it as a loss. If Indiana comes out and looks pedestrian and Michigan, keeps dumping 40 burgers on people i'm gonna have to change my mind and that's that's where we've been at all year i said this week two game is going to be huge and what happens now on the flip side if michigan finds a way to lose this game tomorrow then i'll shift the other way because i don't think washington's very good i don't know how they can be very good and you lose to a, a montana in the opener and so if michigan loses that game now suddenly i'm looking at a you know a, a suddenly a weird game at Michigan State where they look a lot better and they can run the ball and they've got some right. defensive line presence you know that that to me was a win all year long I'm like that's a win yep. it's it's I know last year was crazy but it's still we it's still year 2 under Mel Tucker it's still a rebuilding roster they don't have all their pieces that's a win for Michigan um but now even actually even right now without tomorrow's result in the books yet I yeah. I still think that game is a lot more Troubling than I thought it was before the season season started. And I thought oh.
1: Wisconsin on the road at Madison was a guaranteed loss, but then <laughs> there I see you go. go in there and handle business week one. I'm not. That's so is fun, sure, isn't it? College man. football. Damn, it's no fun. It's
0: man, it's fun. Huh? I can't wait.
1: A, I can't what wait a to great see tomorrow. Job we have man.
0: Yeah, dude. It's not bad. Blessed. Watch football get paid.
1: Hashtag blessed.
0: Whatever it is. All right, I'm gonna put on the uh, the smooth <laughs> hip hop to take us out in our last topic. How good do you think this maze out is going to be tomorrow? They have pumped the shit out of this thing, it, man. Everybody, you know everybody, everybody. be impressive.
1: I saw somebody saying like, yeah, we're, we're it's circulating social media, but the people on social media don't need to. It. It's like the other, you know, like, so I know that the people that are plugged into social media, I trust that they're going to be in maze. But man, the way this has been talked up over the last week, I think we are going to see an electric atmosphere at Michigan Stadium, especially given the fact that everybody is just coming off of a year off. The pandemic, I think it's going to be quite the environment. And I saw that comment, James Baxter.
0: Yeah, I see it, Baxter.
1: I would like it. I would be happy to be wrong. I'd be happy with 27-7 at that.
0: No, that's what the score was last week that we didn't know what the hell we were talking about. (laughs) You still don't. You still don't know what you're talking about. All right. I didn't think it was that lopsided either. I didn't remember it being that bad. But anyway, noobs.
1: Jesus. There was a lot going on.
0: We were trying to figure out life up there, dude. We were just life in the zone. In the zone, it's in the zone yeah. man. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't. I I had this written down, but we're already getting over an hour, and I have a story up on it if you want to check it out. Tons of detail. All the biggest names and all the visitors for this weekend. Yes, this is a massive recruiting visit weekend for Michigan. And I think. You know, with Michigan being the favorite now and looking like they could get a big win, there's a couple big time targets from Seattle coming to this game. A couple, you know, multiple five star kids, including Damani Jackson and Walter Nolan. Michigan goes out and wins this thing tomorrow. It is going to be a party, a party for those recruits in town, and it's going to be. For the, for the first time in a long time, when Michigan loaded up the visitor list for the biggest game of the year, it could turn into a positive thing because, yeah. unfortunately, in recent years, it's gone the other way. So check that out on WolverineDigest.com. We will be back on Saturday, either before or after the game, maybe both. Yeah, who we'll knows. see. Who knows we'll what the hell we're going to do. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll so be tell. back on Saturday.